The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rav of Kehillat Shara Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. We will be discussing in this week's parasha that a parasha Tazriah Mitzorah, the idea of Tumat Vlad. We're going to see that this is a very big discussion that's very relevant to our time, even though as of yet, we don't have a Beit HaMikdash. And it may seem that it's not relevant. However, upon further examination, we'll see that it actually is very relevant. The Sefer Tzedala Derech says, Why is it that when it comes to Tumat Vlad Yitzira, we find that there's such a stress? It depends, it's a Zachar, if it's a Nekeva, all these laws, what the type of Tumah we're talking about, what's the big deal? This is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu made life. And if anything, it should be the exact opposite. It's now the beginning of life. There's no person that passed away, Rahman al-Litzan. If someone passed away, it makes sense for us to say that there's some type of Tumah or some type of aspect that we need to be very careful of and be very vigilant against. But if it's talking about the birth of a child, if anything, it should be the exact opposite and why is it that we're making such a big deal? So says the Tzedah Laderech, a beautiful thought, where he wants to say, this is coming to tell us the tremendous shavach, the tremendous praise of Klal Yisrael, and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us. For example, if you see a young child who's rolling in the dirt, and he's caked in mud, and when he walks into the house, the parents will say, what are you doing? You need to clean yourself off. Get all that grime and horrific stuff that's on you. It might might be a carrier of diseases. Who knows what that might be? That obviously is a parent that cares for the child, that the child should be clean at all times. The same thing too. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klal Yisrael so much that he says, since you have such a high standard, and if that somehow, that standard gets moved, there's a stiaktana, a small little deviation, that already puts the person in a in a certain area, that they're not as tahora as they used to be. If they're not as tahora as they used to be, they're not as clean as they used to be. So now, that's already in the realm of Tumah. Therefore, we find that specifically when a child is born, this is the greatest time that you could have Tumah. Why? Because there's the Yecholet, there's the capability and the capacity for tahara to take place. And whenever there's the capacity for ta'ara, for holiness to take place, there's an equal level that of tumah, of that of impurity as well. The question is, that we wanted to say based on this, is that when it comes to the birthing of a, birthing of a child, you see from here that the Torah places a great value on that. So we wanted to say the following question. What would be if Rahman al-Tzan, a woman cannot conceive, but she really wants a child? And the question now that she has is, she wants to adopt a child and raise the child as if it was her own. And now the question is, now that the child is theirs, and we're going to see that it's actually, it's dependent on what you do with the child and how you do it and how you acquire the child. But the question that the poskim talk about is, when a person adopts a child, when should they let the child know that you aren't 
not my biological child. When should the reveal happen? Should it be something that the child should be aware of even at his, as a young age? Or is it something that we try to keep on the low under and say that this is not something that a child is, has the capacity to understand? We'll wait until they get older. What do the poskim say when it comes to such a sensitive topic of not birthing a child, but we say, whoever rears up a child as if it's their own, especially that of a yatom, someone who is unfortunately without a, a parent, what the Gemara says is, it's as if you gave birth to them. So this is a, a, a real serious thing. A person wants to know if they're not able to conceive and they want to have children of their own, what is the halachic process of adopting a child? The Gemara tells us that when it comes to bringing a child who is not Jewish into one's home, so the Chuvot V'Hanagot in Chelek Bet has a, a six simanim where he discusses on page Tafkuf Chafhe, where he has a whole bunch of simanim where he discusses basically Imut Ba'alacha, this idea of adopting in halacha, what are the steps and what a person needs to be very wary of and at least be appraised of before they go into adopting. He said that the Gemara seems to indicate that if a person is going to bring a child that comes from non-Jewish, uh, non-Jewish parents, or non-Jewish mother at least, and obviously it's not Jewish according to halacha, so the question is, if the mother does not want the child to be mitgayer, could the child be mitgayer? Could the child have a conversion or not? And you're going to see how this is very relevant. So it seems from the Gemara that if the mother, one Gersa says, if the mother is not bayim litgayer, she does not want the child to convert. Ein litgayer, you cannot force the child to convert when the child gets older. So Remosh Sternbach in Chuvot V'Anagot, he seems to say that that is a direct result of the censors, the Christian censors, that they wanted to prevent any Jews from converting children who technically the church would have taken and would have raised someone from their faith. So they said, if the mother doesn't bring the child, you one cannot be mitgayed. And we know that that's not the case at all. If the child chooses to be mitgayed at the age of th- uh, 13, if it's a boy or 12, it's a girl, they could choose to do that. But if you read the Gemara Kipshuta, it seems like if there is no parent that agrees that the child should have this go through, it cannot happen. They could actually stop it from happening. So Rabbi Sternbach wanted to know is, based on that, do we say that that would pose a problem or not? So he wanted to say, putting that question off on the side, you have an even bigger question. What What's that? He says... There's sometimes people that they are given a chance to adopt and they're raising the child as their own. And as the child gets older, they become interested in Judaism. Obviously, it's got such a wealth and beauty to it. And the child doesn't know any better. And the child realizes that this is obviously something very powerful and something very, very emotional that they're attached to. These are people that took care of him or her. And as a result of that, they obviously want to continue leading their life in such a fashion. So Ramesh Shtermach said that if you are working with an adoption agency that will put it on a trial basis, that after a number of months or maybe even years, that they decide for whatever rhyme and reason that they could pull the child out and take custody away from the adoptive parents, 
he said it is not kedai to even venture into such a, such a deal. Why is that? Because you're leading the child into thinking that they're Jewish and then pulling the child away. That's absolute cruelty. You can't do something, can't do something like that. And he says, you have to know, it depends on which country we're talking about. There's some countries that literally it's, it's a, a free, free world. Do, do whatever you want. Everyone is being bartered. Everyone's being traded. There's like a real slave market. So over there, you technically are buying the rights, quote-unquote, of this young child. So there's no one that's going to come back a number of years later and demand that the child come back, because once it's done, it's done. So the question really is, is that what is the law of the land when it comes to adoptive processes? Do we say that after some time, they could come and take the child away? If that would be the case, then that would be a problem, and he would not advise that a person do that. And... If it's a, a country that it's not really like that, then he would say that it would be 100% okay for a person to do that. The Rambam in Hilchot Avadim, Perechet Halachachaf, writes, Yisrael shetakuf akum katan. If a Yisrael, a Jew, grabs a young child who comes from a non-Jewish family, oh, matzatinok, or he finds a young baby, akum, also, that is not Jewish, v'hit bilo l'shem ger, and uh, the Jew does tefillah on this young child, obviously when we're talking about after Barat Abad Mitzvah, Harez get this child is 100% a get, 100% Jew. The Reb Chaim Ribrisk was medayek from the Rambam. He says from this Rambam, you see, that the katon, the young child, cannot be mocheh when he becomes older. If he made his decision, it's set in stone. That's what the Rambam seems to say. However, Rashi says, from you look at closely at, at, at Rashi over there in the Sugya, Rashi says, this is only a ch- decision that they make with themselves, but this is not the halacha. When it says that we say that they do tvila, they are a ged, that's only medirabanan, meaning it's talking about specifically when they're a katan, not when they're a gadol. And when they do the tvila, it's only tvila for them to be considered a Jew midarabanan. You're going to say, what does that mean, be a Jew midarabanan? Well, we know if a non-Jew touches wine, that it's not mevushal, it can become yayin nesech, it becomes forbidden wine. But if, let's say, you have this young child who's a convert, and the child went to the tefillah, so midarabanan, it's a good child. Midarabanan, why? Midarabanan, if, let's say, he or she were to touch a bottle of wine, that's not mevushal, that's not considered Yain Nesach, and therefore as a result of that, you could still partake of this wine. So you see from according to Rashi, Rashi says that when they did the tefillah, it was specifically an Adin de Rabbanan, not Medioraita. The Rambam was talking about Adin Medioraita. When is the child halachically a child, a, a Jewish person? That is Matbilin, Matbilo, that when they do the tefillah, that's specifically when the child reaches Bar Bar Mitzvah. That's what his case was talking about. Rashi Akadosh was saying, no, a little differently. It's not talking about that. It's talking about just din midarabanan. The child wants, they can renege and choose if before bat mitzvah or bat mitzvah, that if they want, they don't have to follow. I remember when I was a bachor in yeshiva many years ago, there was a story that there was two bachorin in a regular yeshiva in New York that they were around, one of them was around my age. And uh, the story goes is that their, their parents came from, they ha- came from a broken home and uh, their parents divorced. Now, their mother, she told them that she was a giyoret. They knew that. 
and she was Megayeret, according to the Beitin of Philadelphia. And they lived in Queens after they got the, their parents got divorced when they were young. And the mother decided to move in the Queens area. And she sent her kids to a local, local yeshivot. And they went to yeshivot like any regular kid. And the story goes is that one day the mother calls her two boys in. And she says, boys, I have a confession to make. I never went through the gerut. I never did the full gerut. I'm sorry that I didn't have the courage to tell you this, but you're not Jewish. So the boys were shocked. They're like, what, what is this? Like a, like a, a joke? And they said, no, I'm totally, totally being serious. You could call the Beitin. So they didn't know what to do. They were so perplexed. They didn't know what to do. They ran to the Rosh Shiva Reb Zelig Epstein Zatzal. And they asked him, what should they do? He said, your mother said, she's not a, she's not, she's not a Yudia. So call up the Beitin in Philadelphia. So Kachava, they called up the Beitin in Philadelphia. And they said, Mrs. So-and-so, they said, oh yeah, we have on our record. She took all the necessary classes. She did all the prerequisites that she needed to do. But when it came time for the tefillah, we have no record that she went there. Maybe she went to another Beitin. And uh, they, they did a little bit of research and they found exactly what the mother was saying was true. She did not go and do tefillah. But she raised her children like regular Yehudim, like regular Jews. So they came back to the Rosh Shiva and they said, what should we do? So the Rosh Shiva said, well, uh, you're not Jewish because your mother was Mikayeret, quote-unquote, and she was not, and you're basically Goyin. So he said, but what should we do? He said, well, listen, the Gemara tells us that whenever someone decides that they're going to do any momentous move, such as like uh, Gerut, Gerushin, so when it comes time for them to restart, we say, Lop, look, we make no differentiation, and a child or anyone who wants to, let's say, convert, or let's say, get remarried, they have to wait, Yimei Habchana, days of separation, and what is that? 92 days, and the reason why we have the 92 days is because, let's say, a woman had relations with someone, it would be after th- three months, so give or take, there's 31 days, more or less, between the one or two months, so that's how we get a 30 plus 30 and plus 30 plus uh, two more days. We go to Chumrah. So it's 92 days. So therefore, the 92 days will give us enough time that if she's pregnant, she would actually start to show and we know who the father is. And we have this rule even by a man. Because look, we make no differentiation. So he said, you're, for the next 92 days, you could do whatever you want. And not only could you do whatever you want, you have to break Shabbat. Why? Because Goy Shabbat Chayam Nita, the Gemara tells us. That if a guy keeps Shabbat, that's Beini Oveim Bnei Yisrael, Oti Leolam. That's my special covenant between me and the Bnei Yisrael when it comes to Shabbat, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. So therefore, you're not Jewish, you can't keep Shabbat, so do Borer, turn on a light, do something, do, do some Melecha. But basically, you're keeping the concept of Shabbat because you've always done that. And after 92 days, if you choose to want to come back, you're more than welcome to come back. So I love asking this question. We asked a number of people in my yeshiva, if you found out you were Jewish, you're not Jewish, like these boys did, during those 92 days, what would you do? And the second and more important question is, after the 92 days were over, would you come back? Or not come back, would you choose to be Jewish? Would you actually choose to be Jewish? And I have found the most amazing answers Answers are people, of course I would choose to be a Jew, 613 mitzvot, it's ways to be connected to Olam. Of course I would willingly choose that. And it was unbelievable. I, 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 I friends of mine that were at the, at the top of my shiur, one of the best bachorim in the yeshiva, 
They told me, absolutely not. I would keep Sheva Mitzvah Ben Enoch. <laughs> Zehu. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't keep that. And it's amazing. You see, by the way, an unbelievable dichotomy when it comes to people from different backgrounds. If they would choose to be a Jew. So you see, choosing to be a Jew is this very serious thing. It's not something to be taken lightly. And like we see from the Rambam, as well as the Rashi, when it says that they did tefillah, when do we say that the tefillah was done? So, the Poskim say, excuse me, that when it comes to revealing, Rabbi Nustad in his Halacha Shiurim, he said that from the stipler Zatzal, Yaakov Yisrael Kanievsky Zatzal, he said that when it comes to revealing to a child, he says, make sure it's done before the child turns into a teenager. He says, because the child is getting older and they have a lot of questions. And not only that, you also have issues of chibuk v'nishuk yichud, of hugging, kissing, touching, and being in the same room together. And people say, well, no, what's the big deal? We're, it's like we're family. Kafa demyon. It's like, but it's not. <laughs> you can say as much as you want that tofu tastes like steak, but it's not steak. You're, you're still chalavi or you're part of it. Uh, you're not, you're not basari, you're not, you're not, it's not basar. So it's like family, it's not really family. So there are some poskim that say that one could do chibuk v'nishuk, and uh, yichud, however, is not a problem, but is a problem. But when it comes to the touching, since there's no chashash of erva, there are many poskim that argue on that. But elu ve'elu Some poskim say withhold themselves and say no, that we don't do that. And some people say no, you should do that. It would be detrimental to the child if you don't. So elu ve'elu and. A child should be told as early as possible that we love you like you were a child. And we were able to choose you. I remember when my grandfather, he, Zatzal, he was married and his first wife unfortunately contracted a deadly illness. And after she had, she had her first baby and she was very sick. And then she passed away. And my grandfather, he was four or five years into his marriage and his wife suddenly is taken away from him. He had my uncle who was a two-year-old baby. A, 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 a very sad story. An orphan. And my, grandma, my grandfather was shattered. How is he ever going to rebuild his life? He has a young boy. What's he going to do? And people were telling him he should go out and rebuild his life. Every young lady that my grandfather went out with, they said, we would love to get married. We want to aspire to do what you want to do. But we can't take your your son. We want to start fresh. We want to have a new relationship with you. The only one that said that I will start my family with you and your child was my grandmother, Allah Shalom. And I did not know this. My grandmother, Allah Shalom, she just passed away recently. And my uncle, my half-uncle, who he got up at the Levaya and he said, my mother, this is what he called my grandmother, he said, my mother was my real mother because I never met my biological mother. And I call her my mother because when I was a young child, and even when I was an adult, she would always say to me, you are the chosen one. And when I said, what do you mean I'm the chosen one? She said, I chose you to be my child. And I was thinking, what a beautiful concept. You chose me to be a child. You can't pick children, but if you adopt or you choose to go into marriage saying, no, I choose you, what an empowering, beautiful statement that is. And... I could, I, that was the first time I ever heard something like that from anyone in my family. I never knew that. But that was such an unbelievable thing that my grandmother was so sensitive to my uncle to say to him, I chose you and I'm, I, in, I, of course I would choose you. What a beautiful thing. So you see this idea as well that if you tell this child, 
I chose you, that you are going to be somebody that I want to, to be as my child and I adopted you. What an empowering, beautiful thought. Now, there are some people that will say that although the Rambam says that once the child does tefillah, it's done. However, there is a Tosafrid that said over there in the Gemara Ketubot that in, uh, he seems to argue and say that the child could be mocher. However, that Tosafrid is dat yichida, is a sole opinion, and most people don't go like that. Once the child says that they want to be a Jew after they hit 13 or 12, for a boy or a girl, they are locked in, and therefore they are 100% Jewish. When it comes to a chashash of mamzerut, of let's say it was a woman who was married, or she was halakhically married and she did not get a get, and she had relations with another man, that's a mamzer. Mamzer is not out of wedlock, a woman who was never married, and then she had relations with a man. That's not a mamzer. Mamzer is a woman who was halakhically married to Ploni, and then instead of, let's say, either she was uh, doing illicit acts while the, while they were married, or she did not get properly divorced, according to Alecha, that's considered like she's still married, and she has a child from the second a second man, that's called a mamzer. So when it comes to mamzerut, we are not worried about that, even though we have what's called kavua. Kavua means we say it's 50-50, over here we'll say, anything that comes from something, we assume it comes from the majority. So you could say that since most people in the world are not Jewish, we say, that whoever came from the outside world, we assume that they came from the non-Jewish world. And if a person says that they know that the child is not Jewish, they have nemanut to say that they're not Jewish. And let's say you have Chukeh Medina, you have the rules of the country, and they, let's say, have a very sophisticated tracking system. They could say that this child is not really a Jewish child, and we could rely on that. However, let's say we don't know. So then you have to proceed with caution, because maybe really the child that you're looking at to adopt might be Jewish. And you're going to say, well, if they, why are they Jewish? But it says in the records that they come from non-Jewish families. So the answer, Ramesh Shturmach seems to say, is that the reason why they registered the child as not being Jewish is because they knew if it would be Jewish, everyone would start to figure out which child, who it was, who's the mother, and we would put on our detective caps and try to find out what was going on. And this woman obviously doesn't want to do it. She's either too embarrassed or she really couldn't care less. But uh, she doesn't want the child to be Jewish at all. So such an example of that, therefore they wrote that. So you have to be very careful about that. That it might be Safek Mamzer Midarabanan. And uh, he says that even though you have uh, this Safek Midarabanan of being a Mamzer, and the fact is if the woman says that this child is not Jewish, we could rely on that. And the parents, if they want, they could adopt, even if they have a possible chashash, a possible doubt as to whether or not it comes from a Jewish child. And again, what we see from here is this idea of adopting a child, you have to let them, let this child know, him or her, know immediately that they are the chosen one. And besides for being the chosen one, also, we have to let them know that it's a zechut to be part of the Jewish people. And we have to know, we give them the option to be Jewish. And we have, like we said, the Machlok HaRishonim, about when they do the tefillah. Is it before or after they become Bar Mitzvah, Bar Bar Mitzvah? And why is that? That's relevant to Ya'in Nesach. And uh, we said the issues of Chibuk, Nishuk, and Yichud. Again, that's another discussion as well. How far does that go? The Chashash Mamzerut. Do we say there's a Chashash or not? There's so what to suspect or not? All these bring into light this special idea of being raised as a Jew, as being such a powerful 
impactful idea that we should never take for granted in that. And thank Borei Olam that Baruch Hu Elokeinu Shebranu Lichvodo Vivdilanu Min Atayim V'Natalanu Torat Emet V'Chai Olam Nata B'Tochenu. And we say this beautiful tefillah. And one of the things that we say towards the end of that is, "Leman lo larik v'lo And we did not give birth to something that's completely loose and wild. What's the connection? The connection is, we could have been born to non-Jewish parents. And we would have to go through the struggle and the journey of what people who are not zochet to be born Jewish. And they have to go through that journey. And that would be sometimes very painful. But if we're born into a Jewish family, or we're adopted from a Jewish into a Jewish family, and we grew up and we take all these things for granted, we should never take that for granted. And thank Borei Olam that we are zocher that we have such tremendous capacity of such tahara, such beautiful, pure uh, intentions. And that's why, like the Tzedel Aderach said, that when we have, that a child is born, specifically then, Tumah is associated with it, to show you that the balance of Tara and Tumah is already from the get-go, from when the child is born. There's already a balance of good versus evil, to let you know that the child being born has great ramifications. Bezat Hashem, we should all be zocher, that we should bring only Tara into this world, and only Kedusha, and in that Zichot Bezat Hashem, we will continue to grow higher and higher towards our Avodat Hashem, to getting closer to Him. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of Halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a Halakha consultation, monetary Beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha journal, or for all other information, please call one 200 T-S-H-C or email info at the S-H-C dot org to subscribe.